the Lord sent you hundreds of people on February 8th. The Lord sent you me. The Lord sent you Senator Hunt. The Lord sent you 16 Democrats. The Lord sent you balconies of people. The Lord sent you a rotunda of masses. The Lord sent you letters from the business community. The Lord sent you letters from the religious community. The Lord sent you letters from families. The Lord sent you letters from doctors. The Lord has been sending you, colleagues, everything you need. The Lord has been guiding you, and you have been ignoring the Lord. You start this morning off and every morning off with a prayer, but you do not open your hearts up to the Lord and their messages. You are ignoring all of it. The Lord sent you tweets from your own children on social media about how bad this is. And you tokenize those children of yours. The Lord is sending you message after message after message, and you are ignoring the Lord. You are ignoring the Lord. I am a child of God. Whether you like it or not, I am a child of God, and you believe that. You pray about that, and the Lord has sent me to you. What is it going to take, colleagues, for you to listen to your Lord? What is it going to take for you to open your hearts and minds and love back the way that you are loved? What more can we do? We have been bringing you the Lord's message from the very beginning. Why won't you listen? The Lord sent you me. And then he looked out upon his work and realized it was shit, didn't he? Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum. This is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And you have been listening to Oklahoma State Representative Michaela Kavanaugh, who is testifying against a bill that would protect minor children from surgical and chemical mutilation. The bill before this body would ban so-called gender-affirming care for children. Gender-affirming care is a disgusting, wicked euphemism that covers up actual physical and chemical mutilation and permanent sterilization of children, not to mention permanent psychological destruction of these children's ability to sense reality. This woman, this child of God, is testifying against that protection, and she is accusing the responsible moral adults who wish to protect children of being the abusers. 
This is the cluster B reversal. This is how far they will go. Did you notice how she misgenders God? You have not opened your heart and listened to their messages. And why shouldn't she misgender God? She's created herself God in her own image. What she's saying is not that she's a child of God. What she's really saying is, I am God. That's not all she had to say, though. Here she goes for the second time. Stop. This is borderline personality disorder age regression. In my opinion, because I am not diagnosing, this is borderline personality disorder age regression. When a person gets into this state, whether they do it naturally, as, it, as sometimes it just comes on, uh, or by design, as Michaela is doing, you're actually seeing a toddler. That's not, that's not a way of speaking about it. That's a literal statement. The cluster B personality disorders, borderline, narcissistic, histrionic, antisocial personality disorder, all of them feature, well, a feature of them is a, another way of describing them actually is severely arrested emotional development. That's not just a cutesy phrase that happened to be the title of your favorite show. It's a real thing. Arrested emotional development, usually between the ages of two and four years old. That is why when you hear this woman going on for a full minute, and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, thank you for listening, but I, I want you to experience, listeners and viewers, I want you to experience the full minute of stuff like this. Think about what's happening. Think about this happening in your office. Can you imagine this? Could you, could you imagine this happening 10 or 15 years ago? I can't because it's not normal. And it may be sad for her, but that doesn't matter. She's not the one. I don't want to hear about what she, uh, how she suffers from her emotional uh, disability. Um, no, no. Children suffer for it. Her colleagues suffer for it. Anyone in her life personally, such as a husband or child, God forbid, suffers from it. This is unacceptable in adult society. There are no exceptions. Kindness has nothing to do with it. What we need is removal, censure, and expulsion. Done. Now, the Biden administration, all of its departments, believe that they own your children. They say it right out loud. You don't have to 
go deeply digging or parsing for meaning. They say it right out loud. They say our children. Children belong to society. Children belong to everybody. Parents aren't experts. We, our kids, our kids, the teachers keep saying our kids or our kiddos. You just, they always say it like they're from Minnesota. It's not just our kiddos. It's our kiddos. <laughs> well, they realize that people don't trust them. They realize that parents understand that their children are their children, not the government's. And so they're losing their grip a little bit. Here's a tweet from Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona, who says, Teachers know what is best for their kids because they are with them every day. We must trust teachers. Fuck you, Miguel. Their kids. They're not their kids. And they're not their kiddos either. We must trust teachers. You need to shut your mouth. Nobody cares what you think or say anymore. Certainly not this guy who I think had the, uh, the best response to this. He says, you want me to trust this? I'm going to say no. And it's a picture of a teacher who appears to be exactly 20 years old with literal rainbow bright hair and rainbow bright sunglasses. That is now normal. Welcome to new normal. It's a lot we can't trust these days. And all of it's from our government. Government has always been, nobody should ever just blanket trust government, but there are some times that are worse than others, and this is one of those times. If some whistleblowers, some FBI agents have been testifying to a House committee that is investigating the weaponization and the politicization of government. Congress took testimony this past week from FBI whistleblowers following what, following what is called the Durham Report. The Durham Report found, unsurprisingly, that the FBI was so biased against Donald Trump that it deliberately worked against his candidacy, it was working against him, and it, and it was working against its own agents when they didn't disagree with it. So these FBI whistleblowers testified to the House committee, and the Democrats treated them not like they were witnesses, but as if they were criminal defendants. These were invited witnesses who were treated like criminal defendants by the Democrats on this committee. Uh, we're going to roll a little bit from Fox News here. Argument. Just before the hearing, the FBI yanked security clearances of two of the agents. Working as an FBI special agent was my dream job. My whistleblowing was apolitical and in the spirit of upholding my oath. Nonetheless, the FBI cynically elected to close ranks and attack the messenger. My family and I have been surviving on early withdrawals from our retirement accounts while the FBI has ignored my request for approval to obtain outside employment. I never swore an oath to the FBI. I swore an oath to the Constitution. Do you believe that the FBI is purposefully hostile to you for that reason to keep agents from speaking up? Yes. Yes, that question. Yes. Then uh, Chairman Jim Jordan gives this warning. We've talked to over two dozen whistleblowers. People have come to us. We've interviewed several of those, and today three of them. Three of those brave whistleblowers and a lawyer who represents them will tell us their story. They will tell us what happened, what they saw, and then what happened to them because they were courageous enough to report it to Congress. And I just want to tell you guys, get ready. Get ready, because these guys are going to come after you. You know they are. 
Oh, yeah, you know they are. Then let's uh, move over to Wicked Queen Stacy Plaskett, Representative uh, Stacy Plaskett, ranking member, though who can say why? She represents the Virgin Islands, which isn't even a state. And my question is, who put this Karen of color up on the dais? On police week, watching House Republicans jump to lay the foundation to defund law enforcement. My colleagues on the far right are on a mission to attack, discredit, and ultimately dismantle the FBI. This is defund the police on steroids. No, this is cluster B is what it is. The hectoring tone on police week. The angry mother, the lying, the lying, the reversal. No, you want to defund the police. You want to defund the police. You want to defund the police. Don't listen to any of this. Wasn't just Ms. Plaskett, though. We've got, um, we got these two. You'll recognize them. You're engaging in the self-promotion of your new book that's about to be released. And what great timing to be on TV and in Congress right before your book tour starts. In Texas, we would just say that this is just a lot of hot air um, blowing here, and it ain't a whistleblower. Sour, ugly, angry shrews. Shrews. Debbie Wasserman Schultz with her smirking sarcasm. What great timing to be in front of Congress before your book tour. <laughs> Suck on that lemon drop a little harder, too, Sylvia. With her pursed mouth. Well, in Texas, this ain't no whistleblower. <laughs> These aren't legislators. They're harpies. You know, journalist Michael Schellenberger, and if you're not reading his substack, please do. It's called Public. He, I, among Michael Schellenberger is one of the most important journalists working right now to expose this crap going on. He's been doing so. He testified uh, in front of Congress recently, along with journalist Matt Taibbi. They were both treated like absolute uh, uh, dog shit. The Democrats insulted these gentlemen to their faces. Again, they were invited witnesses treated like criminal defendants. They told them that they were lying. They said that they weren't real journalists. Um, I believe it was Stacey Plaskett continued to use the phrase so-called journalists. Matt Taibbi has won prize after prize after prize. He's been published in Rolling Stone for years. I mean, this is the level they will go to. They flagrantly insulted them and tried to intimidate them while they were um, in front of the committee. That is your Democratic Party. That is the Democratic Party of 2023. And so is John Fetterman. Let's listen to him. Is it a staggering response of responsibility that, a, that, that the head of a bank could literally could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have, I mean, like, uh, and, and they also realize is that, that, that now they have, it's in, in guaranteed, a guaranteed way to be saved by, again, by no matter, no matter by, by how, you know? So it's, it's, you know, isn't it appropriate that the, those kinds of, the, this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going? Or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank, regardless of how, how there's, their conduct is? You know, I'll give you an example. 
the Republicans want to give a, a work requirement for SNAP, you know, for a, a, a hungry family has to, to have these this kind of penalties or these some kinds of word working uh, requirements. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we sell your bank with billions of your bank? Because they seem to be more pre- preoccupied uh, when than SNAP uh, and requirements for works for hungry people, but not about pr- protecting the ta- the tax papers, you know, that will bail no matter whatever does about a bank to crash it. Sure. Chalk it, chalk it, chip. This is what we're supposed to trust. This is what we're supposed to take seriously. This is what we are supposed to believe is just a disabled man who had a stroke. And you're an ableist bigot if you say that stroke victims shouldn't be in public life. He's just disabled. Yeah, mentally disabled. He can't speak. He can't formulate intelligible statements and questions. I'm not insulting him. I'm simply describing reality. I've known people who've had stroke who talk like him and worse. I've known people I love who've had strokes. And I wasn't insulting them when I said, I can't understand what this person is saying. This is just, oh my God. I, I so, uh, Are you gonna keep pulling the lever for Team Blue? I know that most of you listening and and watching this aren't going to do so, but on the off chance that there are some Democrats out there, some people still on Team Blue, are you going to keep voting for this? Ask yourself why. What do you think you are doing? And what do you believe these people are going to do for you and your interests? And how are they going to do it? Ask, please. All right, we're coming up on a break, um, but I, I want to encourage you again to sign up for an account, make an actual account on Rumble. We are considering taking the show over to Rumble entirely uh, and making it live. As you know, our episode last week was censored for a bogus copyright claim on YouTube. We did not violate copyright law whatsoever. We work entirely within fair use. And honestly, we know our time on YouTube is limited anyway. Um, probably the only reason we haven't been shut down is we haven't gotten big enough yet. So I'd like you to go over to Rumble. Here's the URL, rumble.com forward slash C forward slash disaffected. Again, that's rumble.com forward slash C forward slash disaffected. And um, let's see if we can get that algorithm. Al- algorithm. All of an algorithm. Well, anyway, just like everything on Rumble. We'll see you on the other side. Can't get enough of our love, baby? That's because you're not subscribed. Move that thumb over to the great big old subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. We put out audio-only exclusive content that you won't get on any other video platform, so make sure you subscribe today. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? 
put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Welcome back. I may have to start getting a little more optimistic because I'm noticing that some of the most, well, what I thought were hyper-partisan lefties, gay men, are actually starting to wake up to the Democrat problem. No, 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 not Andrew Sullivan. He's still the same vapid materialist he's always been. Um, and all he cares about is his gay identity staying at the top of the progressive stack, much like the feminists. I mean, real people like this gentleman named Carl on Substack. I'm going to read something he wrote in response to a thread I was participating in. I'm hearing a lot more of this. This is representative, which I'm, I'm actually really pleased to report. Quote, and I can't believe I just said we need a moderate middle ground for people to vote for. 2008 me is appalled. I'm probably going to vote Republican in the next election because somehow they have become the most sensible politics we have offered to us. Yes, the current Democrats have somehow managed to make atheist me slightly worried that metaphysical evil might be a real thing. In less than a decade, they've come to support teenage genital mutilation, gay genocide, unquestioning support for another trumped up war, open class warfare on the working class and poor, the abridgment of civil rights, political prisoners, mass censorship, and thought policing. And he says, for fuck's sake, we can't even have comedy or romance anymore. I watched an old romantic comedy the other day and wept from happiness because I'd forgotten that human joy could be portrayed on film. Comedy is offensive. Heterosexual romance involves the male gaze and men portrayed positively. If a staunchly, mostly liberal, a old atheist like me is beginning to wonder if the seventh seal was unlocked in Hollywood, an actual evil incarnate is casting a pall over our nation because of my side, because my side of the aisle has decided that joy, love, family, comedy, romance, and childhood are all politically offensive, shit is fucked. I just desperately need some political leadership to support or try to recover the singing harp or cast the ring into Mount Doom or whatever we need to do to restore humanity to this country. But I keep getting offered pogroms, end quote. Carl, I hope you're listening. Come and join me and the rest of the disaffectants. That's what I call supporters of the show. If you are watching this, I'd like you to email me, please. My email address is us at disaffected.fm. The letters us at disaffected.fm. Remind me who you are, please, when you email me. I want to extend a free membership to you in our show's private Discord chat, um, where you'll find fellowship 
that you didn't know existed, and you can also tell really vulgar Helen Keller jokes without being banned. Uh, now, in the Department of New Normal, you recall my friend Holly, Holly of Holly Math Nerd, who writes a Substack. She's got a story of New Normal this week, and as a reminder of what New Normal is, I've formalized uh, the first section of the rules for you. I'm going to put them on the screen here. New normal rules. Number one, customers are a disruption to employees and they are not to be acknowledged. Number two, customers are now the cashiers and the baggers. Number three, employees are always right, not the customer. Number four, employees are in a power over relationship with customers, and they may lecture them on the incorrect use of self-checkout machines. So those are your new normal rules. Here's Holly's story. She writes, oh my God, what just happened at Staples? I'm interested in an electronic method of writing by hand. I was looking at cheap tablets. The following kept happening. Uh, I don't have the video for you, but she showed how she was trying to get this tablet, like a Kindle Fire or something like that, out of its demo mode at the store so that she could actually test how well it, it took a stylus if she wanted to take handwritten notes, and there was nothing. There's it, it, The demo was simply a video. It didn't actually demonstrate the functionality of the machine. It just gave you what she called an ad reel. So... Back to Holly. So I wave a store employee over, but I explain that I'm interested in possibly buying one of these, but I want to look at it first. They tell me they can't take it out of demo mode. I explain that I understand that they have to leave it in the annoying ad mode in the store, but that I might actually want to buy one today, right now. They can't help. You have to buy it without being able to see anything other than it's ad real. I mean, what the fucking fuck? <laughs> Holly, I feel your pain. None of this is necessary. And it's not true that they can't take it out of demo mode. That isn't true. In fact, almost none of the claims that you get from customer service, whether it's somebody on the phone with you from Bangladesh wrangling Microsoft or some lazy Gen Zer in a Staples store, it's not, I can't. They say I can't, but I can't means I don't wanna. Or that would require me to talk to a manager. I don't wanna do that. It's I can't, can't. No, not can't, won't can't take it out of demo mode. Come on. How much longer can companies get ever more customer hostile and still remain profitable businesses? How long before this actually starts to affect businesses? Because it doesn't seem to be doing so yet. It surprised me how much they've been able to get away with so far. You know the hippie co-op that I, I sometimes stop at to get lunch before I come in here? They just put in five self-checkouts, and now they've got one of their employees, who used to be a cashier, standing there monitoring everybody. Are they using the machine right? I know where this is going. When I, by the time I go in there next week, they will have physically removed three of the five actual staffed checkout lanes. All right. Now, NBC's Today Show tells us that there is a teacher 
a really good teacher who has been driven out of teaching for what? For teaching. <laughs> Here we go. Quote, Sarah Bonner has been an Illinois middle school teacher for 20 years, and she has always tried to offer her students a diverse collection of books. This year, a parent called the police over her book choice. It started on Monday, March 13th, 2023, when she held what she calls a book tasting for students. <laughs> a book tasting. Yeah. Oh, I bet the teacher's not at all a wine mom, is she? <laughs> Next quote. This is from the teacher herself. I wanted to give them a smattering of fiction and nonfiction to choose from on a day that we call Reading Monday. Bonner, 42, told Today.com, we just read and celebrate books. Mm. Reading Monday. We celebrate books. Can you do it? Can you stop celebrating things? Can, can we please, please Please stop celebrating everything. Can we simply do things? Just do them. Just do them. No more. We don't need a book reveal party. We don't need to celebrate awareness. Can we just do things? Thank you. Here's Sarah. Take a look. <laughs> You're so surprised, aren't you? For those of you listening, Sarah is naturally morbidly obese. 42 years old, uh, problem glasses. She's wearing a rictus grin. It's not a smile. Her, she's got big teeth, big teeth, big wide lips, but that is not a smile. It's this. You know, yeah, like this. When you, you don't smile naturally, you jut your, your, your jaws into such a position that your two front teeth, because most of us have at least a little bit of an overbite. Some people are lucky enough to have teeth that all mesh together. But you you make it look like your front teeth and your bottom. It's I'm sorry, I'm not explaining this well. It's really freaking weird. It's creepy. OK, it's not a smile. She's holding up a book called Igniting Social Action in the ELA Classroom. What is ELA, you ask? English language arts, what we used to call English class. But we also used to call them teachers, not educators. But that wasn't exalted enough for them. You know, all the you got to be aware of these people with acronyms. And the public school system has more acronyms than the army. They got ELA, they got IEP, Individualized Educational Plan. <laughs> Um, new wine, old bottles. So why is she teaching? That's her book, by the way, Igniting Social Action in the ELA Classroom. Why is she teaching about social action in the English classroom? If you're a young parent, if you're a generation behind me, do you understand that this isn't normal and it has no historical precedent? Do you know that? If You, you may not. Uh, because you didn't experience the world that some of us who are older experienced. But it is a real fact. Um, when I was in high school, nothing like this happened. 
English class was actually English class. No, everything wasn't perfect. Yes, uh, they had already replaced t teaching history with so-called social studies, the Marxification. Yes, was in process then, but it was much, much different than this. This is, I mean, this was this is unthinkable. Just because it's the only thing that you may have experienced with your child in public school does not mean that this is normal. It is not a normal development over a slow historical arc. It is a radical intrusion. It's a takeover. And NBC, NBC's Today Show is, is thoughtful, of course, thoughtful enough to plug her book for her with that photograph uh, and this quote. <clears throat> Sarah Bonner, a seasoned educator, wrote a book that provides teachers with step-by-step -step guidance for developing a class culture that welcomes curiosity and ignites social action. Oh, she's seasoned and ready for the table. All right. Take a look at another picture of Sarah. Mm-hmm. Megan, really nice mask, really good mask, and some really, really caring straw. <laughs> Sarah's been hard done by, though. The article goes on at great length about how conservatives are, quote, banning books and targeting teachers like Sarah. So she had to resign because she says she's scared. She says she's scared. And what will happen to the poor children that she cannot give a safe space to any longer? Have no fear. Sarah is a martyr trooper. <laughs> Here's the full quote. I will always be a teacher. And I will always groom you. <laughs> this sympathetic to Sarah article written naturally by a woman doesn't tell you exactly why parents reported her to the police, but I'm going to tell you. One of the books she's giving to kids is called This Book is Gay. It's written by a psychiatrically disturbed man named James Dawson. Here is what James Dawson used to look like. I'm a big old lumberjack. Rawr. <laughs> he's, he's wearing jeans. He's got the, the tribal tattoo there and the flannel and, you know, it's metrosexual lumberjack. Well, here's James Dawson today. I'm a hot athleisure bitch. Rawr. <laughs> He's sitting there all truned out with this great big old center part wig and this, this, I mean, it's something like a bored and angry hooker look on his face and, and some, um, the pink athleisure wear where, you know, if you turned around and looked at his butt, it would say juicy couture. Here's this book. Um, this is the book that Sarah Bonner had in her classroom. This book is gay. Remember that this is aimed at children. And remember that this is one of the book poor Sarah got called the police on for. And I should have um, here. Chapter nine, the ins and outs of gay sex. I know it's hard to read on your screen. I'm going to uh, read a little bit for you here. Uh, and I should have actually made it bigger on my paper. But bear with me. Here's a diagram of a cisgender boy. And it's a it's a picture. It's a line drawing of a naked man, fully naked. Everything is depicted. Uh, the genital spot is blurred out here. 
but everything's labeled. It says lips. Sex should always start with the lips. Initially, you might not go any farther than a kiss, in fact. Kissing is as intimate as sex, and if you're not comfortable going farther than a kiss, a good partner will respect this and wait. Then we get to nipples. A lot of guys like having their nipples played with. They are very sensitive. Then we get to testicles. Also to be treated with loving care. Then we get to bum. Up your bum, you have a prostate gland which feels nice when massaged. The anus is also sensitive and responds to being played with. If you see a book like this in your library, call the police. No, don't call the principal, call the police. The state police, actually, I would suggest. File a report. Tell other parents that you called the police. Share the police report with the parents. Have copies or photocopies of the pages of that book so that you can show them exactly why you did it. Because a lot of these parents, although they may be good people who have good and decent values, they're not going to believe you. Even if you're their friend, they're not going to believe you. They're going to say that, no, nobody's putting child pornography in the library. You will have to show them. Okay. This is pornography and it's the sexual abuse of children and it's not mainly men doing this. The overwhelming majority of pedophilic boundary breaking sexual grooming of children is coming from liberal women, teachers, public school teachers, and liberal women in general who are stumping for all this crap. We need to stop thinking that women are not capable of being perverted and evil. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. To a much greater degree than even I was prepared to believe. Seven years ago, I, like that guy I read to you from earlier, seven years ago, me would be screaming at me that I turned into a right-wing bigot. I must be a misogynist. That's how stupid I was. Well, it's not stupid. I was in the cult. But the cult is full of dumb shit like that. I believed dumb, retarded shit that had nothing to do with reality. But women are perfectly capable of being perverted and evil. They may be less likely to actually directly genitally molest these kids. Not impossible, though. It does happen. Um, but they are much more likely to use, as you would, female typical ways of grooming in indirect implication. Um, wrapping up abusive and misleading behavior under a cloak of love and care, candy cottaging. Why do you think some of these women got into the teaching profession? You don't think that some of them actually consciously said, look at that. Look what I can get away with if I get a teaching certificate. Sure they did. Just the same way as some men entered the priesthood for that reason. But I, well, I'll tell you, I mean, male pedophiles would be better off right now in the public school system. Everybody's focused on the Catholic Church, but actually the number, the actual physical numbers of children who are being abused in public schools so far outstrips any religious sect. It's not even funny. I don't want to give them ideas, but I mean, really. Um, and women get away with this because we still believe that they can't be perverted and evil the way men can be. Um, and there are a lot more of them now. There are a lot more of these women now and a lot more women who are as hard as it may be to believe 
naively caught up in this and actually believe they're doing the right thing. Um, because we call them saints when they do it. We, we reward them. They get featured on the Today Show. They get feature stories in USA Today and Parade Magazine. It's sick. All right. We are coming up on a break, but I'd like to remind you to su subscribe. Will you please help us keep making this show? We would love to have your financial support. And what do you get for your financial support? You get an invitation to our members-only Discord where we have lots of conversation, movie screenings, behind-the-scenes tapings of audio, and sometimes video episodes. You also get access to all the premium content, my essays on Substack that are only for paying uh, subscribers, and invitations to our Zoom hangouts. So uh, two places to go, disaffectedpod.substack.com or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. See you after the break. Can't get enough of our love, baby? That's because you're not subscribed. Move that thumb over to the great big old subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. We put out audio-only exclusive content that you won't get on any other video platform, so make sure you subscribe today. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Welcome back. In fibromyalgia and Morgellons news, hundreds of tired women spread blankets on the lawn of the Reichstag in Germany and napped in protest for lack of funding for long COVID. They were so very, very tired that the only thing they had energy for that day was packing blankets, tablets, and sandwiches and hauling their ample backsides to the actual Reichstag for a grass nap. Look at them. <laughs> Isn't that 2023? <laughs> I'm laying down in protest. <laughs> well, I do that every day. I just don't do it on camera. I just take to my bed and refuse to leave. <laughs> Look, there are people, there are people who suffer from undiagnosable ailments or ailments that are that are difficult to pin down, particularly women who come from abusive childhoods. That's real. It does actually affect the autoimmune system. It does result in strange symptomatology that is um, that can look like Parkinson's disease. It can look like uh, congenital deformation of nerve bundles. It can look like all sorts of things. And I've seen this myself in real life in women in my family who are not hypochondriacs, who are not hysterics, and who really are as sick as they claim to be. 
But that cohort, the cohort that that the fibromyalgia cohort is it has a vast overrepresentation of women with both borderline and histrionic personality disorders. They've been banging on about chronic fatigue syndrome, Epstein-Barr virus, fibromyalgia, and, and, and other things since the 1980s. You know, I, re I remember my mother doing this. Um, she convinced SSI disability that she was too disabled to work from chronic fatigue syndrome. Of course, she had all the energy in the world uh, day and night to scream at the top of her lungs and break wooden spoons over her children's backside. She just couldn't do it in a work capacity. <laughs> <laughs> so just because you, you listener, viewer, you, like me, may know somebody who really does have an autoimmune condition, really does have something that saps his or her energy so constantly that, that they are effectively disabled, I recognize that those people are real. But just because you and I know a person like this doesn't mean that the majority of this is real. The vast majority of this is not real. It's hypochondria. It's attention-seeking. It may not, for some, it's not conscious. They really do believe they're sick, right? But that, just because you don't mean it doesn't mean it's necessarily true. It's like, you know, I had this conversation with my therapist a few months ago. Um, when I was talking about the people that I consult with, because I do, uh, as you may know, one-hour coaching sessions at joshuaslocum.net. You can book an hour slot with me to talk about problem relationships, cluster B dynamics, hell, funeral planning. I've done three of those this past week. But I was talking to my therapist about this because I'm I'm asking for a, a little bit of informal oversight, some feedback on what I'm doing, whether I'm doing it right. And I said to him that the approach um, I, could, I can imagine taking with people, and then I have to some degree, is when they're in psychological distress, sometimes the the orientation that you have toward that person if you are trying to help them through this as an outsider is to say, you don't necessarily say it to them, you say it to yourself, I believe that he believes this. I believe that he believes it in good faith, but I don't believe him. I don't believe what he believes, although he believes it. I, all right, I'm, I'm probably messing this up a little bit, but that's what I mean. Just because it isn't conscious and just because they don't mean to malinger doesn't, doesn't mean that they aren't malingering. Um, a lot of these women actually have, well, they have Munchausen syndrome, not Munchausen's by proxy when you do it to someone else, but when you do it to yourself, which in some ways you can think of as an exaggerated form of hypochondria. In men's health news, Men's Health Magazine is celebrating elfin actress Ellen Page on Twitter for bearing her chest and showing off her mastectomy scars. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Elliot Page. I don't know. Did she have the frog voice yet? I haven't been listening. I just, I'm, I've just been looking at her self-harm scars, um, which are now featured. So look at this tweet from Men's Health. <clears throat> <laughs> the actor showed off his top surgery scars in an Instagram post all about trans joy. <laughs> Let your joy shine through. Trans joy. Joy. <laughs> it, do you see the reversal? It's like, do you remember a few months ago when we covered the city council who 
did a resolution against me, Kevin, Christopher, and Felker, although not naming us, basically trying to treat us as domestic terrorists for putting up stickers that trans wasn't real. And one of the uh, one of the city councilors, Perry Freeman, uh, went on for about three minutes and pretended to cry. And she was like, I love being trans so much. <laughs> That's not joy. It's not joy. Kevin and I have some suggestions for future things that Men's Health Magazine may wish to celebrate in this vein. Uh, number one, stubbed toes with close-ups of the bruising. Number two, detailed x-rays of fractures and the titanium plates that hold a wrist together. Uh, or maybe an article on that one guy who made himself into a literal dragon through body modification surgery and got his tongue forked. Um, uh, oh, yeah. How could I forget? Cutting scars, self-harm scars. Shoom, 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 shoom. That would be super joyful. Don't get mad at me for making fun of this. Get mad at Men's Health Magazine. Do you know what top surgery is? Do you know what bilateral mastectomy of healthy breast tissue is? That's just the borderline's ultimate self-harm. Worse than the razor blades on the arm. That's what that is. I'm not the bad guy for pointing it out. These people are the bad guys for doing it and seal clapping for it. <laughs> now, I mentioned him a couple weeks ago, but I have to again recommend Chris Bray's Substack, B-R-A-Y. This guy is great. And he gets right to the heart of nonsense. We're going to link to the article that I'm going to talk about within the show notes so that you'll be able to find it. His substack is called Tell Me How This Ends. That's the name of the substack, not the name of the article. Chris Bray, Tell Me How This Ends. Here's what Chris writes. The monsters in Florida just passed a bill that says doctors can refuse medical care to people they don't like. And the monster of a governor just signed it and everybody is going to die, die, die. Now, we know that he's right because the Washington Post says so. Take a look at this straight from their site. Listen carefully to this headline. Remember that this is a headline written by a newspaper. This is not in the editorial section. Florida GOP bill would let doctors deny health care to anyone if they just felt like it. If they just don't like it. How embarrassing. And the subheader? The bill is expected to target women, people of color, and LGBTQ people in the state. Is it? Who's doing the expecting? Oh, you are, Washington Post. And we know you're right because you put a picture of a black woman up there. I'm sold. <laughs> More from Chris Bray. <laughs> Here we go. Roll it, Kevin. See, from now on, if you're gay or black or a woman in Florida, the doctor can just pull on his clan hood and laugh at you while you bleed to death. 
that's what the law says because the news says so. And Twitter, you'll be shocked to hear, is in a state of apoplectic hysteria over the fascists saying that doctors can now murder you. Rivers of gore, rivers of gore. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? Well, as Chris notes, the Washington Post lies. And the Washington Post lies by saying that this law will allow doctors to turn away patients just on account of because they felt like it. It won't. That's not true. It allows doctors to opt out of doing procedures. Not, it does not allow them to reject patients. Procedures, not patients. And it allows them to opt out of doing those procedures if those procedures violate the doctor's conscience. Abortion is an example of that. You can imagine doing sex change surgery on a child would be another conscientious objection, right? We all understand this. You too would want this protection if you were a doctor. If there were procedures that you felt were ethically wrong, you too, even if you hate what I'm saying, even if you believe in all the trans, you too would want this for yourself. Be honest. Be honest. The left will conflate preferences and desires with people. They act like our, our desires are us. And they do this in order to make you believe that nasty people without consciences are going to violence your favorite protected minorities. Here is the actual language of the law. And that's what Chris was pointing out in his article. Never, never trust a news report about a law. Read the law. Here's the law. The exercise of the right of medical conscience is limited to conscience-based objections to a specific healthcare service. This section may not be construed to waive or modify any duty a healthcare provider or healthcare payer may have to provide or pay for other healthcare services that do not violate their right of medical conscience to waive or modify any duty to provide any informed consent required by law or to allow a healthcare provider or payer to opt out of providing healthcare services to any patient or potential patient because of that patient's race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Additionally, a healthcare payer may not decline to pay for a healthcare service it is contractually obligated to cover during that year. That's very clear. It very clear. Not only does it not do what the Washington Post claims, the law specifically enumerates that problem and says you may not discriminate against these people. I I guess I, I'm thinking right now I'm thinking right now about about the lefties that I still know who still subscribe to the Washington Post, listen to PBS, listen to MSNBC or CNN. I know people who know how to do legislative analysis. They understand this stuff. And, and what I just did here, showing this is a fact. It's not Josh Slocum's opinion. It's, it's a literal fact. You can just read the words. What I just did here, showing 
that the Washington Post did a 180 degree reversal and consciously lied, they still wouldn't, they wouldn't believe it. Don't ask me, I don't know how. It, it, it is so frustrating. He also, Chris Bray, also points out that the Washington Post is lying when, when it says the law allows them to reject patients just because they felt like it. That headline, that's cluster B reversal and projection. The liberals just feel like they want stuff and they don't have a good rationale for why other people should just give them stuff. So they claim that other people are, motivi are motivated by disorganized and egotistical thinking. They just hate women. They just hate trannies because they just feel like it. Just because they feel like it, just because they're made of hate. No, it's you, lefties, who are made of feelings and only feelings. The problem is you. The, this law also does not allow them to deny any emergency health care as has long been federal law. Let me read to you from the bill. Oh, and by the way, this is, um, I'm sorry, I, I don't like it when people don't say what the bill number is, and I think I wrote it down for you. Senate, I believe it's Senate Bill 1580. Um, quote, requirement to provide emergency medical treatment. This section may not be construed to override any requirement to provide emergency medical treatment in accordance with state law 205 or the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act. And then they list um, the section of the U.S. Code where that shows up. U.S. Code is, is U.S. federal law. Well, that's what we got for you this week, folks. But remember... Every week we have Potpourri du Mokri, and Potpourri du Mokri is a Rumble exclusive. So you're gonna have to go over to Rumble. Don't miss it. It's really fun. Of course, I would say that because it's me doing it and I want you to watch, but it is fun. So see us over on Rumble. As a reminder, make an account. Please do make an account. You can't comment on Rumble without making an account. You can't interact with other people. Just set your account up now and go to rumble.com forward slash C forward slash disaffected. Have a great week.